I always love the individuality of Christmas, that on that first night, it was said to the shepherds, these are going to be good tidings, which shall be to all people. But then the very next phrase says, for unto you is born this day. And uh, of course, that's always been how it is good news to all people is because we've personally heard the message and we're supposed to give it out to those that we come in contact with. And uh, how is it going to be good tidings to all people if we don't tell them about it? That's why I think one of the reasons he took it to the shepherds and uh, so thankful for it. Romans chapter 14, I want to share just a few moments this afternoon as we continue on looking down through it, some of the things that we believe, um, looking at the Baptist faith and uh, really the simplicity of it. Of course, we went over the uh, two weeks ago, we were on the two ordinances and we looked at the uh, believer's baptism and then the Lord's Supper, of which last week we were able to partake of that. And we're so thankful for that, a rejoicing time and remembering time uh, till the Lord comes back. And uh, won't it be wonderful? I, I personally think in relation to that, that ordinance of the Lord's Supper, um, I think that's what we'll be partaking of perhaps at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Um, because Jesus had told his disciples that that would be the last time he partook of it until he partook of it in the kingdom with them. And uh, so I wonder if we'll be able to gather together and be able to partake of that. Imagine having Jesus right there with us. And, uh, and so we're, we're thankful for that. But I want to look at it. We've looked at the B and the, the A and the autonomy of the local church and the P for the, the, uh, the um, preservation of the saints and, excuse me, the priesthood of the believers and then the T for the two ordinances. I want to look at the I, the letter I today. And uh, this has really come to the forefront as soon as I make mention of it, you'll understand why this has really come to the forefront over the past 20 months or so, and uh, because the I stands for individual soul liberty, and uh, individual soul liberty, you say, well, what is individual soul liberty? Individual soul liberty is the belief <laughs> that we follow our conscience in obedience to the Word of God and not to be imposed upon with governmental rule on telling us who and what to worship. And uh, I'm knowing a lot of people right now that are thankful that they're Baptist. And uh, they're looking at this subject matter of individual soul liberty. And I want us to come over to, and I'll give you some of the history behind this, Romans chapter 14. Look what the Bible says in verse number 11. <clears throat> says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Look at verse 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. 
I know there's several things that we could get on on. It seems like people today, that's the only verse they know in the Bible is judge not. And, uh, well, we go to the Bible, and, uh, of course, then the hyper-spiritual on the other side, I'm not judging, I'm a fruit inspector. And uh, and so you just got both sides that are, that are going after it on both sides there. And uh, I will say this, I believe in individual soul liberty. Now, it came to a point where this was so dogmatic in beliefs And we could trace this back a whole lot further. Let me say this. We do have church history that goes back through the Reformation, and I I understand this. And this was one of the things, but I believe this Bible doctrine was around a lot longer before uh, 500 years ago, okay? That individual soul liberty that we do not, as Bible believers bow down to a government hierarchy as far as imposing their beliefs of practice and worship upon us. We do not believe in a state-run church. We do not believe that we have to have the permission. Everybody's going to think this is just a purely political message today. Isn't it great when God just puts everything together? And we've been going through this for over a couple months now. We do not believe that it is the government to give us the permission to be able to worship God according to our conscience. That means they don't tell us when we can worship and how we can worship and whether we're allowed to worship or not. We believe in individual soul liberty. And so as we look at these things, that would be why, and let me share a few things, and I made mention of it a couple weeks ago, and I'll continue to make mention of it. That's why when church, when organized religion would say that you come into the Massachusetts Bay Colony when America was first founded, And everybody says it was founded for religious liberty. It was founded for religious liberty, but not necessarily the worshiping of Almighty God. But it was founded upon the principles of being able to worship God according to our own conscience and direction. So that's why it was a bunch of separatists that came over here to be able to settle. Then you had the Puritans that came over and settled the Massachusetts Bay Colony for the freedom of religion, but then isn't it interesting, go back and study, even those that were fleeing the persecution of the Church of England and came over for freedom of religion, made it into Massachusetts, and then any people that came over, you had 30 days to join the state church or you had to leave the colony. May I say that's the whole purpose, that actually those with Baptist belief actually crossed into New Hampshire in the winter of 1691 into 1692 when the first Baptist crossed the line into New Hampshire, but the winter was too tough for them and too cold, so they went to the extreme south of Portsmouth, Rhode Island, but we won't get into all of that. They went to the extreme south to get away from the winter down into Rhode Island. But can I say this, when we look at the even the founding of our nation, all the way back in the 300s, and you know this, when the church was married to the state, 
and they were forced to become Christians, and I use that term loosely in the context of history, just because you march an army through a river so that they're submerged in water does not make them Christians, okay? And just because you marry the church to the state and bring the church under state control, thinking that they're doing a favor for the church, they're not doing a favor. We go back and look at the scriptures. Listen, it is not the state or a church hierarchy that is going to give an account for my worship and my relationship before the Lord. And we read in Romans chapter 14, and sometimes we forget about this in verse number 12, that so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Do you understand that every one of us, whether we've allowed uh, others to dictate our worship, you say, Pastor, why are you preaching a political? I'm not. I'm not preaching a political message. I'm just preaching that we're Baptists and we believe in individual soul liberty. That's who we are. We believe that we worship God according to the conscience that we follow by the principles of the word of God. We're not told what to worship, when to worship. Now, here's the thing. Because we believe in individual soul liberty, guess what? We believe that any other religion upon the face of the earth has the right to be able to worship according to their conscience. And you say, but don't you wish that every other religion would shut down and they'd all believe the way that we believe? Can I say, I don't want them to believe the way I believe. I want them to believe the Bible. And what I believe ought to be the way of the Bible. But I'm not getting them to be a bunch of Peter Chamberlainites, okay? I want them to be able to believe the Bible and worship God how they see fit in, in accordance to the principles of the Word of God. I've talked to... Um, Christian lawyers, and you know some of these um, law firms and everything, one of, I would consider him a friend if we needed to get a hold of him today, I believe we could pick up the phone and, and we could track him down, but uh, ministries like the Christian Law Association, he says this, he said, we'll fight across the board, he said, for people to be able to have their right to worship here in America. And it's not just Bible believers that we're fighting for, he said, but as long as they have the right to worship, guess what? We have the right to worship. He said, we see this and, and things have been fought. And I'm just, I'm just sharing my heart with you today on this. We see this across the nation. He said, there's several other religions and, and whether they say atheism is a religion or not, or, or Wicca is a religion or not, they are. Okay. And he says, we see that across the nation. And he said, guess what? He said, all of that is being allowed inside the schools. He said, well, you know what else ought to be allowed in the school? Bible believers. He said, if they're going to allow it, and you know this as well as I do, we believe in individual soul liberty. He said, if, if they're going to go in there and they're going to teach the Quran inside the schools, he said, make equal access and we ought to walk in and we ought to be able to teach the Bible inside the schools. And he said, make equal access to it. You know why? Because of individual soul liberty, place it before them and allow them to be able to make their choice on who they're going to worship, what they're going to worship, and how they're going to worship. Now, when I say that this has actually um, come to the forefront and this is not going to be um, this type of message today, can I say this is how Baptists are actually looking at mandates that are coming down from governments today. Our body, yes, is the temple of the Holy Ghost of God. 
Whatsoever we eat or drink, we make sure that we're doing it all to the glory of God. So we ought to make sure, hey, listen, this is one of the things I'm thrilled about. I'm not, I'm not hiding the fact. I tell everybody around town, I'm a Baptist. I'm a, it identifies the doctrine that we hold to from the Scripture. And may I say this, even though a pastor, the Bible says in Hebrews, is going to stand before the Lord, and I'm going to give an account for our church and for souls. But may I say this? you're going to give an account for yourself on how you responded to truth and worship in the Lord. My responsibility, can I say this? It ends with proclaiming the word of God. I proclaim the word of God. It's your choice what you do with it. Do you know that it actually says in in the constitution of our church that we voluntarily assemble? You don't actually have to show up and we check off your attendance record to make sure that you're here. There's not you miss a certain number of days and you revoke. We ought to, boy, that'd be kind of good to be able to do that. If, you, if you're not here so many, so many days throughout the year, guess what? You've revoked your membership, but your dues are still due, okay? You're, <laughs> no, I'm just, listen, we look at these things, we assemble voluntarily, there is no one that is forcing, unless you're underage, by the way, then you have to obey your parents, that's forcing you to be here at church today. Listen, if right now, and he might do it just because I'm going to mention it, if Don Andrews wants to get up and walk out, guess what? I'm not going to have Robbie stop him at the door and say, lock the doors. You're not allowed out. That's not how we do things. You know why? Because we believe in soul liberty. Now, can I say, as we, as we track this throughout the scriptures, there are several things as, as we look throughout the Bible, and I'm not going to get into all these subject matters today, um, that we would actually look at individual soul liberty, that there is not a, a definite thou shalt or thou shalt not on certain matters. And you know what some of these things come down to? You're going to stand before God, and where are you comfortable standing before God on it? There's some things, and I'll just give personal experience right now. There are things in my life that there's others out there that you would say, I'd never go that far on that situation. I'd never have this standard. I'd never have that conviction. I'd never go that far. Well, guess what? I'm going to answer to God for me. And I'm going to answer to God for my family. And I'm going to answer to God for for what I I preach and I, I promote from this pulpit what we allow in this church and what we allow up in front and behind this pulpit, what we allow to be said, I'm going to stand before God for all of that. Now listen, I preach Bible principles. There's some things it's not a thou shalt or thou shalt not, but I also looked at some things down through the scripture and it says, hey, be careful not to put a stumbling block in front of a brother or sister. And so there's some things I look at my life and I say, hey, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do this. I've got the liberty not to do that because I don't want to put a stumbling block in front of others. And you say, well, I've got the liberty to do that. If you'll stand before God for that, that's fine. You'll answer to the Lord. You're not answering to pastor one day. You're answering to the Lord. This matter of individual soul liberty and several are jumping on board. I've actually had some that... Uh, they're trying to jump on board, I should say. All of a sudden, this individual soul liberty is real convenient to people when they want a religious exemption for something. 
and I've gotten some texts and I've gotten some phone calls saying, hey, would you would you write up a letter for so-and-so? I'm trying to get them to contact you and uh, write up a religious exemption for such and such. And I said, you know, I'd have a hard time writing up a religious exemption for someone who doesn't even go to church. I mean, I think that's pretty safe, isn't it? I mean, it's a safe assumption on that. And I'm thinking, hey, there is individual soul, and I believe it, but don't all of a sudden use it when it's just convenient for us. We have the liberty to be able to worship the Lord. We are not controlled by some government entity to tell us how to worship and what to worship, okay? That means they cannot come in here I'm talking anybody. Listen, your brother or sister in Christ sitting next to you cannot look at you and say, hey, you didn't kneel down when you prayed and you have to kneel down when you pray. See, here's what I'd say. Okay, let's let's go back to the scriptures. We've got liberty. How many have ever in their life kneeled down when they prayed? At some point, you've knelt down, Okay. How many are having a hard time? You're just not getting up as quick if you're kneeling down. Okay, it's perfectly fine. That's that's not an issue. That's not a problem. Well, I, I just believe you have to kneel down in order to pray. No, there's individual soul liberty. Okay, how many have ever prayed with your eyes open? If you're driving and you're praying, you better have your eyes open. Okay, now here's the thing. Here's where we cross the line. We say, well, but in order to pray, you need to close your eyes. Can I say this? There, there's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to close your eyes. You know where I believe that that all came from? You know why I close my eyes? Because I'm going to be distracted by everybody that's not praying. I'm going to. That My parents would say, bow your head and close your eyes. You know why? Because I'm more interested in playing than I am praying. Close your eyes. Pay attention to praying. Hey, I've been in some churches. I won't tell you where. I won't tell you who. I've walked into some churches. And I... I Every once in a while, I'll confess my sin to you. I look around when I'm when when someone else is praying. And that pastor went to praying, and he never once closed his eyes. He's actually looking across the auditorium while he's praying. And I'm like, man, he caught my eye one time, and I was like, now I feel bad. But he's up there; he's got his eye. Now, here's the thing: you say, Pastor, that's so silly. I'm trying to use a a simple example and illustration just to be able to get this this message across of individual soul liberty of worshiping the Lord according to our conscience in obedience to the word of God and saying, Lord, would you allow us to be able to get to this point and be able to say, hey, there's some churches and we've been in them down south and I don't know necessarily the Lord's leading them that direction, okay, when they're standing up and jumping all over everything and some of you have been in them churches too and I'm thinking, I don't know if God's leading that way, okay, but uh, it was said this way, and I'll never forget it, and I don't think she'll mind. She's told this story before, so I'm not telling anything. Miss Dale was sitting next to a guy down in Alabama. You want individual soul liberty? Here it is. She was sitting next to someone down in Alabama. We were down there at the Alabama campaign, and, and uh, they get pretty excited down there. Okay, it's Alabama. They don't know any better in Alabama. And uh, so they got, they got pretty excited down there. And uh, so Miss Dale's trying to explain a little bit, and this falls under individual soul liberty. She's talking to this guy sitting there at the table, and uh, she said, you know, she says, not, there's not too many amens um, up, up there in, in New Hampshire and up there at the church and, and everything. Not saying it in a derogatory way, but here was his assumption. He looked right back at her, and this is the truth, isn't it? Oh, you go to a dead church, don't you? 
That was the statement. Was that not the statement? You go to one of them dead churches. She about come unglued. She exercised her soul liberty at that point to <laughs> be able to say something. But listen, here's, here's what it is. I've been in churches, you, you could hear a pin drop. But you can't say God's not working inside the church. And I've been in some churches, listen, you get up and say, we're singing Amazing Grace, and they start hooting and hollering, and I mean saying amen. And I'm like, all you did is give the, the, the song number. <laughs> I mean, it might be a little bit too far on that point. But I'm thinking, I've seen people sit there, boy, the, the Spirit of God start working in their heart during the preaching, and they'll sit there and weep like a baby. Can I say this? That's part of being a Bible believer. We have individual soul liberty to be able to worship the Lord. It's not it's not everybody jumping up on a jumping up on a chair, jumping up on a pew. It's not everybody just sitting there quiet. There's individual individual soul liberty. We worship the Lord. There's some, hey, listen, they'll fall asleep when they start praying. And it's not because they're bored. And so here's what they started doing. I know several people that have this testimony. They'll actually start walking. They get their exercise too. But uh they actually go out and they'll walk two miles while they're praying. And uh, they're just talking with the Lord the entire time, and that's their prayer time. I know another pastor, he gets up in the morning. Hey, listen, he's not kneeling down to pray. He actually gets on the treadmill, and he has his prayer list right there. And while he's on the treadmill, he's actually going over his prayer list and spending time with the Lord. You say, well, I I don't know if that's how we're supposed to do it. No, we've gotten so formalized in some things. I'm not talking about things that are contrary to the Word of God. I'm not talking about you've got the liberty to go live in fornication. And, well, I've got individual soul liberty. I'm not talking about sinning against God. I'm talking about things that, hey, you might want to sit on the front row and others may sit on the back row. There's nothing in the Bible that says where you have to sit in church, okay? We've got liberty on that. And we, it, it's not for the pastor, it's not for the church, and it's not for the government to come in and say, this is how you have to worship, when you have to worship, and who you have to worship. Well, you're not allowed to pray to Almighty God. Well, they tried that with Daniel too, didn't they? And what happened with Daniel? He got thrown in a den of lions, but God delivered him. They tried that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What happened to them? Hey, at this point, you will bow down and worship. They didn't. They got thrown in the fiery furnace, but God delivered them. You say, well, I'll just do that, and God will deliver me every time. Hey, it might not be God's will you come out the other side on that. There's several, listen, they told him, hey, you're not going to pray to God. You're not going to read that Bible. Go back through the dark ages. Just sit down sometime and read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Just be able to read about when they came in. Hey, listen, not even going back that far, just go back about 70 years to communism. When they would walk in, we got a dear missionary friend of ours over in Romania, and listen, her uncle was thrown in prison over and over and over again for preaching the word of God. Now, he wasn't standing up on a street corner somewhere. He wasn't attacking the government. He was worshiping God according to his conscience in obedience to the word of God. He wasn't throwing away his Bible. You know why? Because he was a Bible believer that believed He'll stand before God one day. And so can I encourage you on this? Listen, and and just settle this. We are Baptist. 
We believe in individual soul liberty. And now I'll bring it over into 2021, almost 2022. They're not going to tell us when we can worship God. And they're not going to tell us we can't worship God. We're going to gather. We're going to worship God according to the conscience and obedience to the word of God. Now, that doesn't mean I'm pitching a fit and picking a fight with them. I'm just saying we're going to do what God tells us to do. That's part of being a Baptist. That's part of just believing, hey, the government doesn't control the church. Well, what about separation of church and state? As soon as you find that in the Constitution, let me see it, okay? It's not there. In fact, you'd be surprised, go back and study the history on how many Baptists were actually um, referenced and asked opinions of before the Bill of Rights was actually written. It's actually based on the belief of the Baptists, by the way, and actually separating that. And it's not that the church infringes upon, not that the government infringes upon the church, but the church ought to be influencing upon the government. That, that's history if we want to go back to history. Can I say this? It was all the way through the Bible. Go study all the conversions throughout the book of Acts. Can I say this? The government was trying to impose upon the book of Acts and the church there brought persecution. God used it to be able to spread around for souls to be saved, for the church to be able to spread, go do what God had commanded them to do. Do you know that just over half of all the individual conversions in the book of Acts were all political leaders? That was a church that was having an impact on their government and on governmental leaders, political leaders, elected leaders. You say, well, name me one. What about the Ethiopian eunuch? You know, he was the treasurer for Candace the queen down in Ethiopia. Now, listen, what I'm saying is we don't pick a fight. The Baptist, if you study the system of beliefs, they haven't always been called Baptists. Can I say those that hold to Baptist beliefs as we know it today, they've never persecuted anybody. We've never burned anybody at the stake. We've never kicked them out of the city or out of the colony because they don't believe the same way. You know why? Because we believe that you can can believe according to your conscience. And we're going to hold to the word of God. So listen, we'll give you that liberty, but you give us that liberty in return. Okay? We've never been persecuting people. We've just been worshiping God how we believe we should according to the scriptures. And so can I encourage us? We're going to continue on that way. We're going to continue on. That's why, hey, listen, we'll pray for you. If you're you're not in church, I'm not coming knocking on your door saying, hey, you're forced to be in church. We're not handcuffing you, dragging you down to the church and saying you've got to be here and sit in service. That's not how it is. We voluntarily assemble because one of these days you'll stand before God and you'll answer for it the same way I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to answer for it. And can I say this? I don't want to stand before the Lord and say, God, I was just too tired. I want to be able to worship the Lord. I want to be there. I want to do what's right. I want to be able to give an answer to the Lord. And so I want to encourage us on this matter of individual soul liberty that we're going to worship God. We're going to stay as a Baptist. We're going to believe that we worship God according to our conscience and according to the principles of the Word of God. Okay? And so there'll be some things it's not a thou shalt or thou shalt not in the scriptures. Soul liberty comes in that. You're not going to do everything the same way I do. And I'm not going to do everything the same way you do. Okay? There's some things going to scripture. You say, well, I'm not going to do that. 
You do that, that's you do you, if it's not contrary to Scripture, okay? Well, I just believe you ought to have 18 kids. Well, God bless you. <clears throat> that's not the will of God in worshiping God according to my conscience or my wife's. But there's some that hold to that. I'm just pulling out things that you would look at and say, that's so far-fetched, but just to show this example of it, okay? Individual soul liberty. We're not commanded by government, controlled by a government, to worship any certain way, any certain person. We worship God because we choose to. It's not a worship or you die relationship with Christ. It's not a convert or I cut your head off. It's not what it is. Can you imagine living under that oppression? Hey, they are today. Why do you think they're called martyrs? There's those, and, and you've seen the pictures, you've heard the stories. Hey, kneel down. If you don't convert right now, if you don't renounce Jesus, we're taking your head off. And they do it. There was one man, and I'll close with this, and I'm, I'm thankful we don't live under this. There was one man walked in, saw a missionary. Just a long story short, the man's brother had gotten saved. Yes, he lived in an Islamic state. Man's brother got saved. They followed their law. And that man walked in this pastor's office and put a gun in his face. And with tears in his eyes, he said, you are going to tell me right now what was so important that it caused me to come to the point to kill my brother. Because his brother had converted and the family followed through. And now here's the brother coming in and he said, if you'll sit down for a moment, I'll tell you. Well, guess what happened? After a few minutes of telling him about Jesus. Now, I don't know what happened to the brother's life after that. I'm not sure if he got saved that day or if it was just shortly after that that brother actually come to know Christ as a Savior also. What was so important that my brother held on to and would not renounce? Aren't you thankful that we don't live underneath that? Individual soul liberty. Let's worship God. Now, here's the thing. We take that individual soul liberty and use it as an occasion not to worship God. But why don't we take advantage of the liberty that God's given to us to be able to worship him. That we're not forced to be here. I get to come here. I get to worship God. I get to open the Bible. I get to spend time in prayer. What a blessing. Why don't we take advantage of that? We've got the liberty to do so. We're not forced, but serve God out of a clear heart and a clear conscience. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, I'm thankful Lord, that at the moment of saving me, you did not just make me into a robot, but Lord, I, I still have the choice on whether to worship you or not. And Lord, I, I pray that each and every day of my life, Lord, that I choose to serve you and serve you with gladness, serve you with joy, not out of duty, but Lord, out of love for you. And Lord, may we continually stand 
For that which we know to be true, that individually we will give account of ourselves before the Lord. And Lord, the government's not going to give account of my worship. I will. So Lord, I pray that we'd take advantage of that and the Lord would worship you freely. Thank you for those that have gone on before us. Lord, that have not compromised. They have not given in. But Lord, they stood for the privilege of being able to worship you according to their conscience in accordance with the principles of the word of God. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.